As Backyard Stories is put on hold for the time being, and while we're all self-isolating, I thought it would be nice for some familiar voices to share some stories centred around the theme nostalgia. This is Backyard Stories, the Inside Edition. In 2013, I went to South America for five months with my friend Elise. We'd both been traveling around Europe for a month or so before flying to Guatemala together. We lived in a homestay for five weeks. We would take Spanish classes in the morning and then volunteer at a local kindergarten in the afternoon. On weekends, we would travel around Guatemala with friends we'd met at our Spanish school to different sites, towns, swimming spots, and lots and lots and lots of hiking. I've never really been the sporty type. I played netball for school sports and was always the goal shooter or keeper, probably because of my height. Didn't really shoot that many goals or save many either. Towards the end of high school, I had to actually participate in house outs because the house I was in, well, we weren't a very sporty house either. I was put in hurdles in the long distance race. I can't remember if I came last, but I do remember my friends cry laughing watching me. The photos from that day have been circulated and my sister still pulls them out to make my family laugh. Our head of house, Mrs. Marini, told me afterwards, you know, Claudia, I really thought you'd be quite athletic because you're very muscly calves. Thanks, Marini. So when I told my friends that I was going to go travel around South America with Elise, who's obsessed with the outdoors, hiking, animals, etc., a lot of questions were asked. Don't people only go to South America to do hikes? Don't you have to go on like a 10-day trek to get to Machu Picchu? What are you going to do about your hypochondria? How's Elise going to go travelling with you for that long if all she wants to do is activities and you kind of just want to eat? Elise and I had travelled together a few times before this big trip, so I wasn't worried. We met in year seven and became best friends pretty quickly. I was fascinated with her west side life, her upside down house and her positive but blasé take on most things. She made me laugh so much, and although sometimes we thought we were total opposites, we also just totally understood each other. We bickered, but with a lot of love, like siblings. She was the only person I could imagine travelling around South America with. We both loved meeting new people and got excited about small things easily. We knew when we needed space from the other, and we were happy to do things by ourselves sometimes. Like when Elise got her scuba diving licence in Colombia, and I lay on the beach instead. Or when Elise went on the bike ride down Death Road in Bolivia and I went to the markets. Or when Elise went and got her eyebrow pierced and I went to the markets. Maybe there are two types of people in the world, the Elises and the Claudias. I became in charge of all things food related and Elise, well, she had a multitude of fun but kind of intense sounding activities she wanted us to do. I don't think anyone but her could convince me to go on a five-day trek through northern Colombian mountains, sleep in hammocks outside while scorpions got into our shoes underneath, go to Ecuador for literally two nights to just do this hike up an active volcano, go with these two random Colombian guys on the back of their motorbikes to this secret beach, volunteer to save turtles for a week and spend three whole nights in the Bolivian Amazon. We'd met these two British girls, Rosie and Susie, at a party hostel in La Paz over Halloween. 
Elise had been talking about a week-long trip to the Amazon and I'd been wondering if there was anything I could do to shorten it or just to get out of it completely. Even though I was terrified of vomiting, I thought maybe food poisoning might be better than the Amazon. The British girls told us about the three-night trip they were doing and that sounded way better than a week to me, so I was on board immediately. We paid an absurdly cheap fee, locked up our big backpacks at the hostel and got a minivan to the starting point. The trip had been sold to us as three amazing days travelling down the Amazon. You'll see wild animals, swim with pink dolphins, canoe down the river and see beautiful sunrises and sunsets every day. I wasn't too keen on the first few things, but I like nice sunsets and sunrises and love being a part of group activities, so I thought I'd be able to do it. When we got off the bus, we were given gaiters to put on because we were going to spend the day looking for a local anaconda that lived in the swamp. I definitely not signed up for this, and I wasn't sure why anyone would want to go out of their way to find an anaconda. No one in our group seemed to have the same thoughts as me, so I followed suit and pulled the gaiters over my fake hiking boots I'd bought at the start of our trip. It was about 35 degrees, but I tied a massive jacket around my waist for extra protection. I didn't know how high the anaconda could jump. Elise, on the other hand, was wearing a singlet and happily singing to herself. She was in heaven. New friends, water, animals, walking. She was the first in line behind one of our guides. We had two tour guides, one at the front and one at the back. They were both holding what were basically giant twigs. Apparently they were going to use them to protect us if the anaconda got too close. I made sure I was third in line. Tactical decision. I didn't want to be last because that meant the only person behind me was a guide and what if he got eaten silently by the anaconda and no one heard and then it would be me next. So Rosie was behind me as well. Sorry Rosie. We walked through swamp land for about three hours. Each step was terrifying because the water was up to our knees and the grass was up to our elbows. The guides were obsessed with finding an anaconda for us. So after a while, they found a tree for us to sit in and they rushed around below us searching for this giant snake. I was ecstatic to be sitting in the tree and we spent a peaceful 20 minutes taking photos and swatting away mosquitoes. Fortunately for me, the guides returned with no live anaconda, just an anaconda skin they'd found instead. We were all exhausted when we arrived at our little cabin that we'd spend the next three nights in. There were four single beds in our room, each with massive mosquito nets over the top. Naively, we turned on all the lights to get ready for bed, and in doing so, invited all the Amazon mosquitoes into our room. When we turned the lights off and unhooked our nets over our beds, we could hear millions of them flying around outside the nets. Elise made a joke about getting malaria, and suddenly I was wide awake. We were all taking very strong malaria tablets, but I still knew I would get it. My mind has a really beautiful way of convincing me that I will get every single disease in the world at one point in my life. You name it, I've had it. Or I've thought I've had it. I tried to calm myself down by accepting the fact that it was, it was okay that I'd get malaria. Maybe it would even be a good thing. I could leave this little trip early and spend a few weeks by myself feeling a little bit sick, lying around on a nice beach somewhere instead. As comforting as those thoughts were, the buzzing noise of the mosquitoes kept me awake and my heart racing all night. In the morning, Elise said she slept like a baby as I staggered out of bed and put my protective clothing on to have breakfast. Didn't want to take any chances. 
The plan for that day was to go down the river to find pink dolphins to swim with. Turns out pink dolphins aren't that cute and actually not that pink. I was imagining swimming next to beautiful, graceful, bright pink dolphins that leapt out of the river, inviting us to swim along with them. In reality, the dolphins weren't friendly at all and actually quite aggressive. Once we were in the water, they kept trying to bite us instead of showing us some secret magical pink dolphin wonderland. The guide stayed in the boat laughing at us while we were all kind of doggy paddling in the water, screaming whenever a dolphin came near us. We lasted about 10 minutes and then we were all safely back in the boat. On our last morning in the Amazon, the four of us canoed down the river as the sun was rising. Finally, the nice, relaxing canoe trip that they'd advertised in the description of this getaway was happening. We saw the sun rise in the Bolivian sky and I felt really lucky to be there, regardless of all the creepy and strange moments, and also a teensy bit proud of myself for getting through it. I knew my mum would definitely be proud. Those five months travelling with Elise are some of the most memorable times of my life. She is the funniest and definitely bravest person I've ever travelled with, and I'm so glad I didn't listen to everyone who doubted us going to South America. By the end, I was convinced that I was a new woman, someone who loved camping and would go on hikes for fun. I was certain that I would get groups of friends together regularly to explore the outdoors. Once I was home and all settled back into my life in Melbourne, those plans didn't exactly disappear. I just never really initiated any. I swear I will soon though.